It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show G1 Climax Nights 5 and 6. And joining me today is Ashley Rosenova of Indie Empire Magazine. How are you, Mom? I'm good. Hello. I'm all right. I've been selling furniture because we're moving house, and this morning I sold a desk over Facebook Marketplace. I feel Ooh. like a modern person. And tonight I'm selling a chair. Tomorrow I may sell a wardrobe. Oh. See? This, this is the kind of exciting life I lead. I finished work for the summer, so I'm a bit giddy. Anywho, in pro wrestling. <laughs> as we established last time, if you're in education, you're in pro wrestling. Or if you're in pro wrestling, you're probably in education. Um, if you're in the yeah. arts, you're probably in pro wrestling. Arts, education. If you're an art teacher, you're definitely in pro wrestling. Oh, you're beyond us yes. at that point. <laughs> you you are essentially the Luthes of educational officers. But anyway, <laughs> we're talking about notes five and six of the G1. We are back at the home of the G1, where the majority of the matches in the G1 occur at Kurokan Hall, the spiritual home of Purorasu in Japan. And honest to God, I'm, we're only doing five and six tonight, but if you love wrestling, if you really love wrestling, you have to watch the matches on nights five, six, seven, and eight, because they are some of the best wrestling matches all in one place you will come across. They That's are where it starts to heat up. This is this is where things start to lay out, and this is just really good. So we're going to crash through the matches. Don't worry about if this show is slightly short today, because we're only doing two nights, but we're going to get to the next two nights in a couple of days' time. We're trying to keep as many shows together and rolling. Last year, we kind of got down to one a week, and I don't want to do that, because it means you have a massive long show, and if we keep everything updated every day or as close as we can, the better off we'll be. Anyway, we're going to go start with night five. Uh, there were some tag matches. We'll quickly scout through them for results. John Moxley and Shota Umino. Shota now attached to John Moxley. He's he's the what's the word? He's the is the standard he's the bear. Bitch. <laughs> I was trying to avoid that. He's a bitch. Uh, he's I mean, a bitch he to Moxley. He I mean he is. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he he even carries his belt like a bitch, like a belt bitch. I don't want to call Shota Umino a bitch, so I'm not. Uh, they defeated okay. Tommy Hearn. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't calling him a bitch. I'm just saying that that's the. If we're gonna speak of titles, I mean that's the the only title I could give him is belt bitch, right now. Okay then. Moving on, but they defeated Tomohiro Ishii and Yui Amuro in five minutes and forty six seconds. Uh, next was a six-man tag. Chaos, Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, and Jeff Cobb defeated Juice Robinson, Toa Henry, Yuta, and Yota Suji. Uh, Bullet Club, Chase Owens, Jay White, and Yuji Takahashi with Gado defeated Ren Narita, Tommy Akahama, and Toriyano in 8 minutes and 49 seconds. Suzuki Gun, Minoru Suzuki Taichi, Yoshinubi Kanemura defeated LIJ, Bushi Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Nato in 8 minutes 35 seconds. And then we got to the business end of things. And the opening match on night five was Kenta versus Lance Archer. Now, if you want to write a story in pro wrestling at the minute, you should be writing a story about Lance Archer because he has been absolutely phenomenal. Guy, getting on for 40 years old, really should not be pulling these kind of matches out with guys like Kenta who can really, really go. He has been outstanding in this tournament. Now, he loses to Kenta here, but Kenta is trying to get himself back on track and the New Japan faithful are not taking to him. He is not a babyface by any stretch of the imagination. 
the K-hole crowd were on his case all the way through this match because he's still a Noah guy as far as they're concerned. Mm-hmm. Ash, what are your thoughts on these two at the moment where they stand in the G1? Uh, Lance, you know, like I said, you know, the previous show that I was on, um, you know, I think he's doing amazing. I, I think he's doing great. I'm rooting for Kenta. Uh, probably my only prediction going right so far. So, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I called it. I was like, Kenta's going to he's going to win a block. I just feel it. I feel it. But well, uh, if he doesn't, you know, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> well, on night five, Kenta was on six points. That's where he got to by beating Lance Archer on four. So he leads the block with a certain someone else we'll talk about in a moment. But it was an outstanding match. But what was really, really outstanding was Evil versus Sonata. At this point, both on two points, both lagging a little bit in the uh, mm-hmm. standings. 18 minutes, 11 seconds. These two have been touchy with one another for quite a while because it's starting to get a bit personal in LIJ about where things are going to land. And Chaos and the regular Armory have been circling around Sonata and seeing if he maybe would like to switch allegiances. As they said uh, in commentary, I think it was on night eight, night seven, actually. On Yeah, it would have been night seven. Sonata said there are only four geniuses in professional wrestling that he admires. Kiyeji Muto, uh, Yujihiro Takahashi, uh, AJ Styles, and there was one other as well. I think it was Kazuchi Kurokada, he said. Uh, but Tetsuya Nato was not one of them. <laughs> so that's uh, something to, to be said there. Uh, so, yeah, maybe Sonata is looking for a change of scene, and that's why he is now a pirate and no longer a biker. However, this match, as the LIJ guys do when they wrestle each other, they pulled out all the stops. This was an absolute corker. Uh, the cage match inmates have given it 7.85. Definitely worth a watch. It was possibly Evil's best match of the tournament. Not so much Sonata's because he's had some good matches with everybody else, but certainly Evil sounded was well on song for this. What are your thoughts on these two, Ash? Um, well, they're both LIJ, so uh, I'm, I'm going to go towards more Sonata. Um, yeah, I, I did see Evil winning that. I really did. Gradually, as the match went on, um, I was really hoping for Sonata to win, and I don't, I don't see him leaving uh, at all to go to Chaos. I don't. They do this every time when they're in the same block. You know, it's pretty much every <laughs> Lij member for themselves, and then they get back together. So, yeah, I, I don't see him leaving or switching sides. They do tend to be a bit more volatile. Like when the Chaos guys wrestle each other, it's very professionalism about it. And it's like honor and all these things. And when the regular army guys do it, it's just like, yeah, whatever. We've got, to, got to wrestle each other. And then when it's the LIGA guys, they fall out all the time. <laughs> they, they get back go together. Another, the promos that, are there. Yeah, there's a yeah. the band that breaks up on stage. And then they get back together for the next show, like next Friday. Yes. You saw like, uh, they're the who. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, probably so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think, yeah, there's that story like of um, the night before Live Aid, the Who were headlining Live Aid, and Bob Geldof walks into their rehearsal room just as Pete Townsend smashes Roger Daltrey in the mouth with a right-hander. <laughs> <laughs> Stalks out. John Eintwistle puts his bass down, and uh, uh, oh, there's Kenny Blake. I can't remember the name. The drummer, Kenny Thingy, who was the drummer, the drummer for the Who at the time, said, oh, don't worry about it. I like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it's uh, it's the it's that really kind of reaction you get from Lij. Anyway, yeah. we'll see how That's they pan me. out. No, 
Next up was Bad Luck Farley losing in defeat to Kazuchika Okada. Bad Luck brought the whole band with him. He had Chase Owens and Jado, who were no help whatsoever. Uh, they never and, are. No. <laughs> and uh, he lost to Bad Luck Farley. Uh, did Bad Luck Farley to Kazuchika Okada. It was, however, a very, very good match. Bad Luck Farley always brings it to the G1. He tries really, really hard, tends to drop weight, puts some time into the gym. And this was his probably his best match of performance, but he is wrestling Kazuchika Okada. It's hard to have a bad match against Okada when he's in this kind of mood. And in this G1, he has been outstanding. What are your thoughts on these two at the moment, Ashley? Uh, Okada was going to win that. Uh, you know, I am, okay, I am a Bullet Club girl, but I'm I'm also a realist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to defend. Um, I'm not going to defend them. And, then, and also, you bring the, god damn it. You bring the, you bring the most useless members of Bullet Club with you, but it's okay, you know. <laughs> Nothing against Chase. I just uh, he he did res- he did reply to me randomly and tell me he's for life. He ain't leaving anywhere. And I said, okay, fine, fine, Chase. <laughs> I I said okay, but I'm still upset about you losing. Wear a cup, please, please, because okay. everyone keeps hitting you in <laughs> the crown jewels. And it's like yes. they know that that's your weakness. So please just wear a cup one time. <laughs> we do love Chase Owens on this podcast. He is our favorite member of Bullet Club because he's so good and he's so he tries so hard, but he's the epitome of what a professional wrestler should be. And uh, Master Heater Jado, not so much of the Master Heater in this match, more of a liability, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think he would have had just better luck just bringing Chase along, to <laughs> be honest with you. <laughs> just Chase only. Oh, wait till we talk about night six. Anyway, moving on. Hell yeah. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. was back against the wall in this particular matchup. Two points, two losses down already. So was Hiroshi Tanahashi. Someone was looking for their first win. And in 30 minutes and 56 seconds, Hiroshi Tanahashi takes the win. The old man puts the submission master down. Now, this was a bit of a classic between these two, as you would expect. The the cage match inmates put it at 8.02. Yeah, the yeah. fact that ta- the fact that Tanahashi could hang with so many submission moves that Zack Sabre Jr. can do is phenomenal. You know, he, he only ever see about ten percent of what Tanahashi can do, even in a thirty-minute match. He always brings out something different for different opponents, looks at different approaches for different opponents. And with Zack Sabre Jr., he tried all sorts of different tricks and looks and moves to get away from but, Zack's yeah, uh, catch can style. Zack was all over him, but he couldn't get the win. And that puts them in an interesting position going into the rest of the tournament. Because Zack, to get to 12 points, which is usually the break or break point, if you're going to win the tournament, you've got to get at least 12 points, has to win six on the bounce, which is going to be very hard to do. What are your thoughts on these two, Ash? Uh, honestly, I mean... Yeah, it it was a good match. I, I will say that. Uh, interesting mix between the two. And 13 minutes, 56 seconds. It was very hard for me to determine who was going to pick up that win. Uh, part of me did want Zack Sabre Jr. to win, but I'm also a Tanahashi fan. So I am a little bit biased when it comes to that. But I really thought um, Zack Sabre Jr. was actually going to win. But uh, I, I'm happy to see Tanahashi win. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Zach. Zach's awesome. I like Zach to have won that match. 
even though I'm a chaos guy and Suzuki gun guys are kind of sworn enemies and stuff, but equally Zach and he's lovely and he's going to be our next prime minister. Certainly far more impressive than our likely next prime minister. Um, but there you go. Mind you, I have a wet towel downstairs. who's more impressive than our next prime minister. Uh, Zach Sabre Jr. <laughs> um, Zach Sabre Jr. He has done really well in this tournament and he's playing an interesting angle. We've got to see what happens with that as it plays out over the next couple of nights. Now, I know what happens in the next couple of nights because I've caught up with it already. But, yeah, um, yeah it's going to be very, very cool to see how they play this one out. And then we and get I to the... To know, before yeah. we continue, mm-hmm. Zach also said that Red Shoes was biased. <laughs> it wasn't biased in this matchup at all. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm just letting you know he agrees with me and he said he was biased. Well, when you watch the match on night seven between Bad Luck Farley and Zack Sabre Jr., you can see if he's biased then, can't you? Judge the whole tournament. I already did. Okay, and I I love the fact that he gloated about it because that was the way I would have done it too. Been like, oh, did you see how magnificent I was? Did you see that? Let's not get ahead to um, to that night. Um, Let's let's continue. (laughs) Continue with night five. But tough nights ahead for the vegan Hydra as the ace takes two points. Right, we move into the main event of night five. Kota Ibushi and Will Ospreay. Is there a more perfect pairing in professional wrestling right now? 9.2 from the cage match users. 27.16. These two did pull out a lot of the stops. There weren't many stops left in when these two had finished. They tried everything they possibly could do to each other, as you kind of imagine. Though they kept it fairly in the ring, and there wasn't an awful lot of broiling, broiling, broiling. <laughs> there was definitely no broiling. There was a lot of. There wasn't that much brawling, but there was certainly a lot of high high octane offense. Koabushi takes the win, which leaves them with two points each. This is possibly one of the matches of the tournament. Just the way that these two can flow together. Essentially, two junior heavyweights who wrestle at heavyweight level. They are perfect for one another, and I would watch them wrestle forever and a day. Uh, it's been outstanding, this this particular matchup. So what were your thoughts on this, Ash? Man, that was such a good match. I mean, just, just the harmony and the flow of not just the storytelling in that ring, just as far as movement, but just, you know, just the perfect mix of, like, you know, both of those styles and the harmony and how easily it looked how easily it looked transitioning into that ring by every move set i mean if you're gonna watch any match on night five that would be the match to watch yeah but you should watch all because they're all really good yeah you should watch all of them <laughs> but i'm saying if you're only gonna watch one because some people will only just watch one or two you know yeah. definitely definitely the one that you should watch is that one I'd say that one and the one with Tanahashi and Zabe Jr. and Evil and Sonata. If you have to watch, if you have to miss anything, Kendra and Lance Archer and Kazuchika Kagura and Bad Luck Farley, but don't because they're really good for what they are. I'll be honest with you. Actually, the match I've least liked has been Okada versus Zack Sabre Jr. Because every match has done something. Okada and Zack Sabre Jr. was good, but it was just too short for me. I wanted it to go another 10 minutes and give them a chance and they couldn't. And it didn't, so it didn't quite click the way I wanted it to. But even stuff like Bad Luck Farley versus Lance Archer has just been really good. It's been... It yeah, it's, very, it's been an impressive you know, year. It's not going to be Flair Steamboat, let's be honest. But it's done what it's supposed to be. 
Spurs are supposed to have done. And this this year's tournament has been outplanned me. This year's tournament has been outstanding. And I I yeah. just can't fault it. And like when I'm saying like ZSJ versus Akada isn't it's not it's great. It's not quite the best, but look how high the standard is for everything else. So <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's been an impressive tournament this year. I'm not saying you know all the other G1, all the other G1s were weren't that great or they weren't impressive because everyone is, you know, every single year it is it is good. You know, G1 is probably the, I would say it's the tournament for anyone pro wrestling, yeah. anyone. And if they've never seen G1, they need to see G1 because it is it shows like a a certain high standard in pro wrestling. Um, but this year, I mean, I would say it's probably one of the best years for G1. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, last year's was very good. The year before's was probably the best I've seen since we've been covering it. And since I've been following new Japan pro wrestling, but this year's is outstanding. It's so well put together. It's been so well booked and the matches have been in such high quality. It's just been unreal. And I'm slightly concerned that they're going to have to go at this pace. They've got after this particular suicide of cards, they've got two more nights at Kirk and Hall. They take a break till Wednesday this weekend. So they're on break days at the moment. There is a break day today. Um, and there's a break day Monday, Tuesday, where we'll get some rest. They can sleep in their own beds and then they're back on the road again. And it's the mm-hmm. small hall runs next. It'll be the small halls where you don't necessarily get commentary on things. And it's 500 people in rural Japan. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Then this is this is what guys like Moxley and and Juice Robinson and Chase Owens have signed up for. This is the thing they love about Japanese wrestling, wrestling in those small towns in the middle of nowhere uh, to fans that are, don't get to see wrestling that often. And that's what the G1's about. It's not just about the American Airlines Arena in Dallas and going to Budokan on the final night. It's about New Japan selling their brand to every area of Japan and maintaining those those touring dates that they've maintained for years. You know, I was I was funny enough, I was watching I was doing through an old piece for tomorrow's actually for tomorrow's telling stories. Um and looking at the towns that Billy Robinson defended the PWF championship in the seventies. And it's places that all Japan and Noah and New Japan don't go now because they're these tiny little towns, but they went everywhere. You know, and they still New Japan to an extent and certainly all Japan do try and keep those small towns that they always went to together so that they've always got a base. They're always, they're always protecting the base. And that's what a good wrestling promoter does. Anywho, let us get on to night six. So the opening match of night six was Bullet Club, Bad Luck Farley and Chase Owens. They defeated Suzuki Gun, Yoshinubi Kanemura and Zack Sabre Jr. in four minutes and 49 seconds. Short work there for Bad Luck Farley and Chase Owens. Suzuki Gun, Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tommy Akahoma in nine minutes, 48 seconds. Was ignorable step upon Bushi, Evil, and Sonata defeated Clark Connors, Kenta, and Kota Bushi in nine minutes and two seconds. Kenta and Kota Bushi in the same tag team. That must have been something to watch. Chaos, Kazuchika Okada, and Yoshihashi defeated Toa Henry and Will Ospreay in eight minutes, 46 seconds. And then we get down to business. Shingo Takagi defeats Tai Chi in 14 minutes and 40 seconds of actually quite a good wrestling match. Now, I'm not saying I like Tai Chi. I'm saying he's there. And things happen. And, you know, he's getting better at stuff. And this was actually watchable. I'm still not going to say I like him. Don't like him. Go home, Tai Chi. However, this was not an awful wrestling match. This was actually quite good. But I still don't like him. I've made that clear that I don't like him. 
Anywho, your thoughts on this, Ash? Um, sorry. <laughs> Riptide. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna, that's all I'm gonna say. Because <laughs> I'm looking on, I'm looking at other stuff too going on. Uh, anyways, uh, I don't like Tai Chi either. <laughs> I've, I've, I've expressed my uh. My, uh, my dislike for that man. Yes. Yeah, uh, displeasure, dislike. Uh, Shingo, uh, I, I expect Shingo to win. He's probably one of the only people I'm assuming or I can predict that might win B-Block. You think Shingo? B. Yeah, I, oh, I'm going for Shingo. That'd be really interesting for junior heavyweight one block B. That would yeah, be... yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Um, I yeah. think he, he is, he does have, you know, decent points. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at who who else is in the block, and I'm looking forward to some matches that he's going to have that are going to come up. That well, obviously he hasn't wrestled Cobb yet, and he hasn't wrestled Moxley yet, so that's going to be yeah, not yet. That is going to be an interesting uh, and of matchup. Course, of course, there is Tetsuya Nato on the way as well, so we will see what happens with that. But yeah, he was the points. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> The uh, next matchup was Jeff Cobb and Juice Robinson in a babyface matchup 6.7 from the cage match users. Pretty good. It was kind of like showing the new Juice Robinson, who's a bit more all business, doesn't faff about and play to the crowd like he used to. Jeff Cobb being very much all business. But as uh, Ricky, uh, sorry, Ricky Rocky said on the commentary, Jeff Cobb isn't looking as invincible as he did six months ago. He's maybe got himself comfortable in the story, as we say. But there was he's not the same guy that beat Will Ospreay at uh, Madison Square Garden. This is a guy who's not quite sure of himself. And maybe, you know, that's the story they're trying to tell with him. But certainly this match was very good work from both of them. Actually the best I've seen Juice Robinson in a long, long time. Uh, again, Kevin Kelly said that as well. It's the best he's seen him perform uh, in forever. And he's crisp now. Everything runs together. His counters are a lot smoother and it just showcased how far he could go. I mean, Jeff Cobb's a good guy to have good matches with, don't get me wrong. Uh, but, yeah, Jeff Cobb and Juice Robinson, excellent work. And Jeff Cobb picks up the win, 13 minutes and 21 seconds. What are your thoughts on these two, Ash? Um, I mean, if we're if we're going to talk about, you know, matches that are recommended for um, night six, I mean, this one... That's kind of like on the bottom of my list, not really too far on the bottom. I do think it was, you know, I do agree with you. It it was a good match. Um, I I did assume Cobb was going to win that. So I did see that coming as far as, you know, throughout, I would say probably about seven, eight minutes. I saw that happening. I, I was kind of going from Juice, actually, to be honest with you. Because Juice was all over Jeff Cobb for most of this match. And I was kind of like erring towards Juice because Juice would have had six points at the end. And that would have, at the end of that night, and that would put him level with Moxley. And obviously, former US champion and current US champion, that was where I was thinking. But I understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Okay, then. And next up was the match of the tournament by a long, long way. Oh, this was a corker. And it was only three minutes and four seconds long. Toriyano beats Jay White <laughs> in three minutes, four seconds in a block B block match that was just pure entertainment and glorious fun as Jay White has his ass handed to him and he's humiliated in front of the Currican Hall. Uh, yes, with Jado, apparently the best coach in wrestling and the best manager there is, 
uh, stuffing it right up. Your thoughts, Ashley? We don't talk about that match. We don't speak of it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We're going to talk more about it because this was awesome. And uh, Toriano is just brilliant. And I love him to death. And, and, and still... Bullet Club, we, we don't acknowledge that night. It doesn't even count because we know Red Shoes is being paid off. We have, um, we have proof that Okada is paying him. That's why Chaos is getting all the freaking points this year. We have found proof. That's all you no, need to know. No, 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 I don't think you'll find. I think you will find it was, in fact, a Toriyana winning cleanly with a mm. three count. No, no, no. no. Definitely was. It needs to be That's... thrown out. It shouldn't even count. Three Kevin minutes Kelly's... shouldn't even count. Kevin Kelly said it was a clean pinfall, and he's an honest, upright mm-hmm. man. I like Kevin anyway, Kelly, so I have nothing to say about that. Actually, we'll just switch track and whilst we're on commentary. You may have noticed, if you watched uh, Nights 1, uh, sorry, not Night 1, but certainly Night 2 and Night 3 of uh, the G1 Climax coverage, that Chris Charlton was very quiet and only came in to do translations. Yes, this was, I, this I was, heard about that. I actually yeah. heard about that this morning. I'm glad you actually brought it up. Doesn't it have yes. something to do with um, the station? Yeah, Aishai TV, who controlled the TV production for the G1 Alpha New Japan Pro Wrestling, thought he didn't sound like a traditional wrestling commentator and thought he was best suited as a translator. Later. Yeah. After two nights of this and getting thousands of complaints, they realized... The reason why Chris is popular is because he doesn't sound like a regular wrestling commentator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they reinstated him very quickly, and now he's back on staff. And uh, yeah, that's it. And it's just like I don't want. I, I actually, this is something Don Callis used to do, right? And everyone knows I can't stand Don Callis as a commentator. I like Don. Awful. I like Don. It drives me nuts. Anyway, but he used to. He <laughs> when you first got the job with New Japan. He used to retweet every comment, nice comment he got on his commentary jobs, just because he kind of assumed that there's no way they're going to figure out whether he's any good or not, because they don't speak <laughs> English. So he did that, and that's what helped him secure his job. And I think maybe because Chris is a nice, polite young man <laughs> who doesn't like to blow his own horn, perhaps should have done more of that. So if you're listening, Chris, be more forthright in your awesomeness, because Chris, you are awesome, and we love you, and we love your insight. And that's think that's the thing is. I think that New Japan don't realize a lot of the time, and I think it happens with a lot of wrestlers as well. I think with some things with New Japan Pro Wrestling, like uh, they don't understand what they've got. Like Chris Charlton's awesome, and one of the reasons why he's popular is because he doesn't sound like Jim Ross bawling his way through a wrestling match. He sounds like a guy who loves wrestling and is really wanting to you enjoy it and help enhance your experience. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, it's like, Bear in mind, I think it was this year's G1 at American Airlines Arena was the first time they actually went to America with an all-Japanese headliner. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like every show they've done in the States since the recent swing of, like, since uh, Strong, Style, like, Strong Style Evolved, the first show that they did with the U.S. Championship Tournament, this is the first time they've had a all-Japanese headliner in America. And it's like... But, New Japan fans love New Japan guys. It doesn't matter what nationality they are. It's not to do with that. It's just to do with they like, like, you know, New Japan guys. They're going to like Okada. They're going to like Tanahashi. Yeah, they'll like Kenny Omega and yeah, Cody Rose to an extent. But the reason why we're New Japan fans is because we like New Japan, you know, and I don't think they also don't quite get over why a lot of New Japan fans don't cross over to Ring of Honor because 
Ring of Honor fans and New Japan fans are largely polar opposites. <laughs> you know, yeah, you tend to, you we tend, are. You tend to get a lot of very white male. So I don't want to sound like that because it isn't, but it's, it is very much like the Briscoe brothers are not that far away from what Ring of Honor fans, the, appear, the perception of what Ring of Honor fans are. Whereas New Japan fans tend to be a lot more females in New Japan wrestling. A lot of my female friends wouldn't go to the um, War of the World shows because they knew there'd be too many guys there and they'd feel uncomfortable. So, yeah. Really? But, yeah, yeah. They were just I... very scared about going because it was too intimidating. Right, Ring of Honor fans are pretty intimidating guys because they're fairly vocal and loud and they were just like, I don't really want to be in that kind of environment. I just want to go and watch Sonata wrestle NATO and have yeah, fun. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I don't really go to Ring of Honor either. I mean, it's not nothing against Ring of Honor at all, but if, yeah, yeah. If I want to see New Japan, I want to see New Japan. I want to see fucking New Japan, so I want to see New Japan guys. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see like a mix of Ring of Honor and New Japan because honestly, I, I'm not gonna care about the other nights. Not that the guys at Ring of Honor are bad. You know, there's guys I like at Ring of Honor, like I like Marty. You know, I yeah. like Flip Gordon, you know, there, there is something, you know, I do like Ring of Honor to an extent, but I've always said it. I'm a New Japan girl and I will always stick with New Japan if I have to pick between the two. I think I mean, I think that the, the, the thing is, it doesn't cross over well as a product. The two, the two things, they're both wrestling companies, but that's where the similarities end. And Ring of Honor have proved themselves to be utterly untrustworthy with any form of fame that they get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. So, like, so, so you, I'm kind of happy with this Defy uh, agreement now. Not because, you know, I, I know people at Defy, but I am excited to see what's going to come out of that this year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think as well you're going to get from, I mean, it's like New Japan work with from Ref Pro, they work with CMLL as well. It's it's not just the, I think it's the, how can I put this? Rev Pro kind of came out of the ashes of the FWA. They're a very traditional British organization with its, with its roots well-rooted in British wrestling. CMLL, obviously the oldest wrestling promotion on planet Earth. They are a very yeah. traditional company. And Ring of Honor, just though they should fit, don't fit sometimes don't. in that. Yeah. yeah. And New Japan is very, and I don't think, um, a lot of people realize how traditional New Japan is. Yeah, they're still very set in their their ways. I think as well. I mean, I like that the NWA is working with Ring of Honor, but the NWA is actually possibly a better fit for New Japan than Ring of Honor is. But anywho, uh, we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I do think yeah, it is it's going to be interesting. I, yeah, I think it is. We've kind of gone, gone off the point just to talk about Chris Charlton, but Chris Charlton's back, and we're very happy that Chris Charlton's back because he's lovely. Uh, moving on, the next semi-final match was Tetsuya Naito, and he defeated Hiroki Goto in 16 minutes and one second. They were awesome together. And yeah. Naito, Naito and Goto is an age-old story because you know Goto is going on a bit now, but he has rededicated himself to his sport. He went over to see his mate Katsuyori Shibata in the LA Dojo, put some time in with Shibata, got his act together. Shibata comes back like this master manipulator because he's got Kenta with one hand and Goto with the other hand, and it's brilliant to watch. Uh, he comes back and sits and smirks on commentary because his boys are doing so well. This was an outstanding match, and I actually nearly thought Goto was going to take this. Uh, it will make Christy and Marcus very happy that Goto had such a great performance, but not very happy because he lost. Lost, yeah. Yes. I can However, see that coming. 
he does have lovely hair. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Nato and Goto, fantastic match. What's your thoughts on these two, Ash? I agree. Fantastic match. I cannot disagree with you on that match at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw him losing, you know, offense, but um, yeah, no, fantastic match. I don't really have any other additional notes on that match. It was it was good for 16 minutes. It was a great match. However, if you really want to talk great matches and you want to talk about the world coming unglued, as it were, this next match, John Moxley versus Tomohiro Ishii in the main event at Kuroken Hall. Now, here's the thing. Both me and you have been unimpressed with John Moxley so far since he turned up in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, we have well, to say. Yeah, well, that is true, only because we have high standards. We have, right. I, and I don't mean that, like, against, you know, saying that. How do I? Let me rephrase this, because it'll be taken. You know what? It'll be <laughs> taken out of context anyways. Uh, yeah. We, we have overly high standards. Uh, we have beyond high standards when it comes to New Japan. It's not us saying that Moxley's a horrible wrestler or he has, no. you know, shit matches or anything like that. It's the fact that we have such high expectations and high standards, especially during G1. Like yeah. I said, like me and you, we, we, you know, we, we disagree on Twitter a lot of times. And like when it comes to, and it's only because G1 brings out the best and the worst out of us because we exactly. get super competitive during this tournament. Yes. It does. Chaos is better. Anyway. It's uh, Bullet Club. Bullet Club is the better faction. We are the better faction. Quite. Anyway. Okay. Um, let's, let's not start that. Let's, we said we would be as professional as we could for we two did. Points. We did. We did. We yeah. did. Anyway. Yes. yes. Okay. Moving on. Yes. John Moxley and Tamiro Ishii using chaos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just tore the house down. This was ridiculous. This was like watching... Stan Hansen and Genichiro Tenryu in 1989, like that kind of level of intensity and violence that those two brought to pro wrestling when they kind of changed the way that we looked at pro wrestling. And Moxley and Ishii was just mental. Ishii throwing a frog splash, a frog splash off the top rope through a table. Moxley taking Ishii into the crowd and smashing his head into the east sign at Kurokan Wall. Kurokan Hall. By the way, I asked Chelsea Green, who was the most recent famous person to do that, and I said, yeah, clearly, he was talking to you before he left. And she went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so John Moxley, influenced by Chelsea Green of NXT. There you go. Um, yeah, <laughs> as Brian did ask her on Twitter. It was just ludicrous, this match. Ishii's climbing to the top rope, and the crowd goes, <gasps> and it's like, you really please be careful. And he just like gives a frog splash off the top rope because he's Ishii and he can do anything he wants to. And you know, the, there is like Tomohiro Ishii at the G1 is just a machine. He's just I just can't put into words how many great matches Ishii has had in the last three or four years. The match with Marafuji two years ago, two years ago the match with Okada, last year the match with Okada. He just has this ability in this tournament. And this is the tournament that made him a star. You know, his first appearance in 2013, he won over Okada and he won over Tanahashi. He has a better record against Okada in the G1 than most people have in the whole career. He is just outstanding in this tournament. And he came in like a bull in a china shop, banging heads. And Moxley came to dance. This was a Moxley we haven't seen in New Japan yet. 
And this was his first main event opportunity, and he took it with both hands. And I will take back some of the things I said, because he was quite boring, let's be honest, up until now. And we said that the AEW John Moxley was better than the New Japan John Moxley. Yeah, I think we can bury that now. Moxley put himself on the map in this match. He main evented Kurikan Hall with aplomb. And I say, well done, sir, for the effort you put in. But and to Tomohiro Ishii, you may be the greatest G1 wrestler that never wins the championship. And I hope one day you do. I'm not sure you can, just because of the way wrestling politics works in Japan. But I really do wish you get to the final one year, just because you deserve it. Ash, your thoughts on this outstanding professional wrestling match? Uh, it was a great match. You know, yeah, I was impressed because maybe now he's getting the hang of like how New Japan works or what it is. Yeah, maybe that might be the case, but I'm not going to take back what I said about it. <laughs> the only reason why is because I'm sorry, one match isn't going to change my mind in New Japan about you. You got to show me more. If this is, you know, you know, if if Moxley listens to this, he's got to bring it like this every night for New Japan. Is what I'm saying to prove it to me, you got to start bringing it more. But, you know, once he does that, let's get I'm going to give him, you know, maybe two more matches and see how he does. (laughs) And then then I'll take back what I said. But I'm going to take back what I said over one match. Yeah, it's a fantastic match. Block B, probably, probably, honestly, one of the best matches out of block um, to come out of block B throughout the whole tournament right now. I would say I would say it's the best match of the tournament so far. I I think that one. uh, I'm just going to say block B. For right now. I, yeah, I know. I think both blocks. I think I think this may be some awesome matches. I think uh, and the block A ones are ridiculous because you've got so many big stars in it. Yeah. And this one's def- this one's def- definitely the one best one of block B. But I think this one tops both of them. To be honest with you, that's my personal taste. Yeah. It's uh, it my kind of thing. So yeah. I don't. I usually differentiate them by blocks, especially because block A is insanely talented. So I'm not going to say it's the best match, but I would say it's the best match right now that's that happened. But um, yeah, no, I'm not going to take back what I said. He's got to he's got to bring <laughs> it two more matches for me for me to make that. That's just me being fair, though. I'm, that's, I think it's slightly mean spirited because the guy just like laid his career on the line in 27 minutes. But anyway, I don't know. No, I'll I'm come just back. yeah, come but back I'm just to you later in the tournament. Yeah. It's it's just that I if this is how if he's figured out how New Japan exactly works, then I expect him to have matches like this more often. But other than yeah. that, you know, I wasn't impressed when he premiered. That's okay. a fact. But, uh, you know, but it is it was a good match. Probably, like I said, probably the best match to come out of B block or block B. However, you want to determine it. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Okay then. Well, that concludes our coverage of the G1 Climax for today. We will be back later in the week with more G1. We've got nice seven and eight to come. As usual, on Tuesday we are telling stories and we are continuing with our Best of British, which this week features the late, great Billy Robinson, hero of Wigan, Minneapolis and Tokyo, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Billy was into destruction. That's what Luthez said. And I explained the story of Billy Robinson. Later in the week, we will have uh, Dara O'Connor and his wrestling rewind from various points uh, on the, the Dublin radio show that he brings to us. I'm not sure what he's going to do this week. He always is a surprise. He sends me this, he sends me a track listing and I post it and it always is a surprise to me what he's going to come up with. 
But I do love his content that he's producing at the moment. It's really a Troop and his show kind of thing. Lots of history. Basically, as far as Dara's concerned, wrestling sucks right now in North America. And until it's better, he's not going to get commentary teams together for it, which I can understand. So he's looking back at old history of professional wrestling. And the Troop and show is quite happy to give Dara a platform for that. Wait, all of North America? All of North well, America. To be fair, the rest... Because... Because I, I was gonna, I was gonna Mexico's say, killing yeah. it and Canada's killing it. So you mean just the United States, right? Yeah, and to be fair to Dara, the, show, the job of the Rewind is to really look at mainstream wrestling in North America. Okay. So, not I, the I, It's acceptable. Yes. In the small, defined role of the, of the Wrestling Rewind, I can understand where he's coming from. Because uh, it's WWE. That really does suck at the moment. Gotcha. Anyway... So uh, you can listen to uh, that show on Wednesday. Uh, it was a little bit late with it. That was my fault because I had to go b- do a bunch of stuff this week. Well, I'm off on holiday now, so everything will be on schedule for the rest of summer. I promise. Uh, we will be back later in the week with a show about the G1 Climax for covering nights seven and eight. Uh, and, of course, anything else we get to cover before the end of the week. Um, and also, you can follow us on your social medias you can follow me at sheriff lone star i'd like to thank my guest today ashley rose nova where can we follow you on your social media everywhere at ash rose nova uh you can follow both of us at indie empire zine everywhere as well yes uh indie empire zine uh we're working on our third issue for that but also you can look at uh the current listings of the magazines and you can look at our website if you go and look them up on twitter you'll see all of our links on there uh, they do sponsor the show as well. You can also go to powerslam.tv and use our code MULLETWATCH to get a month off your free, subs- free subscription. Get a free month off your subscription. My name's James Troopany. She has been Ashley Rose Nova. And you can find this show, Troopany Show, on Twitter and The Troopany Show on Facebook and The Troopany Show on Patreon, where you can keep us free forever for everyone. I would like to thank the people who do keep us free forever for everyone because... SoundCloud accounts aren't cheap and we have to keep paying the bills. So thank you very much for that. Take care and we'll see you soon. Bye. Laters.